Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I am Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as, as you, uh, you can say it with me now, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. <laughs> Today is a gorgeous day in Kansas. Yes, I'm in Kansas today. Um, it was really funny. I put a, I just, you know, I travel so much. So I'm in the airport again, and I fell asleep on the floor in the sun because I'm really good at walking through the airport going, is there a good sleep spot? I have three hours to kill. And there was this beautiful little sunny spot, really, you know, nobody else had spotted. So I got over there, and it's so funny because at some point in the evolution of me, this little sunny spot in the airport amidst all the people walking by has become the best bed on earth. You know, I'm like, oh, this is going to be so comfortable. So I, I run over and I get down there and I fall right asleep and like immediately. I sleep better in the airport than anywhere else, I think. And um, it's really interesting because I, when I woke up, which again, I, I'm so trained. I know exactly how long I'll sleep just by how long I have. So I sleep, I wake up, I look at my clock. Sure enough, everything's perfect. I'll get up in a few minutes. So I thought, oh, I should take a picture of the airport and do like a where's Waldo only, where's Lynette, because people are sick of seeing me in airports, but we can take a picture of the airport itself. So I, you can sort of see me on the edge of the screen, and I took a picture of what was going on behind me. and. And uh, I said, you know, where's Lynette? And a bunch of people were guessing and eventually told the truth. But one friend of mine was busy looking at the reflection I hadn't realized happened in the window behind me. And why that's interesting is because it's like autism. <laughs> I know that was such a long way to go. Forgive me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when I was young and I had Asperger's and um, didn't know it, and people were doing stuff like pointing at the fireworks. Someone had mentioned, wow, I see the reflection in the water. I spent the whole three hours at the fireworks staring at the water, wondering what everyone was saying was so beautiful and trying to pretend I could see it and saying, oh, and ooh, and, and I never saw a thing. And it's like this, this young lady who has come a long, long way being so busy staring at uh, the reflection of my back in the glass that she couldn't see the hints in the airport were actually um, the outside of the airport. So it was pretty funny, and I think it brings us to our guest. I hope it does. I'm stretching here a little, but you'll forgive me because you're so wonderful. Um, our guest is about technology a little bit. It's kind of an exciting version of that. So her name is Karen Kabaki, and if I say this wrong, she'll correct me in a second. But anyway, Karen Kabaki Sisto, and 
Karen has an MS, um, and she also has some other letters after her name, which I always find it really fun when we can say, okay, what the heck does that mean, and please tell us. Only she went and told me, so I'm kind of faking it if I don't know. Um, but let's do that anyway, just for fun. So it's CCC-SLP. We'll get her to tell you what that is. Um, let me give you a hint. It's got something to do with speech <laughs> and behavior. Anyway, for over 20 years, Karen's been helping people with autism improve their communication abilities. In 2015, she invented and launched – now, this is why she's here. This is interesting. She invented and, la- invented and launched I Can Have Conversations With You, a life-changing social language therapy system for the iPad. Its intention is to help people with autism make sense of words, gestures, and feelings, to have confident conversations with building stronger social relationships. Um, so to find, find that, by the way, you go to learn, you can learn more about it at uh, www.ican, so that's like I, the letter I, not E-Y, I can for autism, caps on the can, the for, and the autism.com. All right, so let's welcome Karen and find out a little bit more about Miss Inventor Cool Chick. And do you see how the airport had some relationship with the iPad? Because, before I talk to her, because I know a whole lot of people who got the iPad simply because it was the iPad craze for autism and spend a lot of time just stimming on either one game over and over again or the screen or distracted by their their own reflection. So it's turned into sort of a wonderful tool or a great extra stim toy. So let's see uh, what Karen has to say. Hi, Karen. Thanks for being here. Hi, Lynette. Thank you so much for having me on your show. All right, what's M- we know what MS is. Well, let's just do the whole thing. Let's make you really important. M-S-C-C-C-S-L-P. <laughs> A lot of letters, I know. Uh, Master's of Science and CCC certified. It's our certification of clinical competence uh, for speech-language pathology. <laughs> That's really cool. All right. Um, all right. So that's, and you're also applied behavior analysis instructor, right? Yes. Mostly just in speech or do you actually, uh, like, do you focus everything just on speech? So I'm a certified speech language pathologist and mm-hmm. an applied behavior analysis instructor. And I help people who have communication disorders to mm-hmm. use language to speak, understand, think, read, and write. And uh, I've been working in New Jersey and New York for over 20 years in the schools, public, private, specialized schools, as well as private practice within children's homes, um, which enabled me to develop my own unique social language therapy system uh, for children with autism who are verbal to help them communicate, have conversations, and interact socially. Okay, so how verbal? Like, for example, I have, um, you know, a bunch of sons that they're all completely verbal and wouldn't need you, but then I have one who's, well, I guess you would say minimally verbal, although it's hard sometimes to label that stuff. His pronunciation is minimal. His, um, you know, his number of words isn't really countable because he just says whatever is appropriate to the situation, but we can't always understand it. So um, is that verbal enough or do you need more clarity? Right. So 
I can have conversations with you is suitable for people with autism who are at least six years old, all the way up to 106 years old, <laughs> um, who can read and who can speak in sentences. So minimally verbal, um, you know, uh, one or two spontaneous word utterances or phrase speech, uh, this would not be appropriate for them. It would have to be that they are able to make spontaneous, like meaning spontaneous meaning on their own without anybody's help to model sentences and their own thoughts, um, being able to speak their own thoughts. But okay, again, he can do that, but his pronunciation is very poor. Sort of think like a stroke victim who knows what they're trying to say and says it, but the people around him aren't so good at it. Right, so that's a different um, facet of communication. That's actually speech. So he does, your son that you're talking about, he does mm -hmm. have language abilities. He is able to come up with his own thoughts and express them using sentences. And, again, they don't have to be... Right. grammatically correct or even 100% making sense to the situation, obviously. That's what we are here for, to, to help them with. Um, the speech part of it, understanding exactly what word he pronounced, is different. And that really doesn't have any um, bearing because he, they are able to communicate uh, on their own. So, yes, that this app would be appropriate for your child. Oh, your how interesting. <laughs> Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you for letting me. It's not just for the sake of would I be interested, but it's also because I know that people out there, there's such a huge spectrum of differences in autism. It's nice that they can at least sort of get a sense of where it fits. So go on and tell us a little bit about it and what led you to to create it and, you know, who it's helped. Come on, talk, talk, talk. <laughs> so the families and I, witnessed these children break through their communication barriers so successfully that I knew I could help more people with my social language therapy method. So I founded my own company, Autism Breakthrough Solutions, and over the past years, 10 years, I've incorporated my teaching method into an iPad app, which, again, is called I Can Have Conversations With You. As you discussed, it recently debuted on the App Store with great success. So I'm thrilled to help children everywhere, right on their iPads, right from their own home, uh, improve their ability to communicate and have conversations, and of course, building stronger social relationships with others, because that is how we bond, how we connect is through communication. So I um, became involved in autism back in the early 90s when I attended college for speech-language pathology. I was curious. I'm a curious person, Lynette. I was curious about oh, Alzheimer's. Curious is good if you want to be an inventor. Go on. Yeah. I was curious about all types of communication disorders. And along the way, I met an instructor of ABA, which is Applied Behavior Analysis, which targets uh, improving different types of functional behaviors for social interaction and communication, like eye contact, waving hello, answering questions. So she trained me in ABA, and I worked privately as an ABA instructor within the children's homes. And I love to talk, and I'm very curious. And when I realized that there are people who cannot understand and talk, I was hooked. I was totally intrigued by the children's unique abilities and deficits and how their families 
struggled to understand their own children's minds. So I knew that my calling was to bridge my knowledge of communication disorders, speech-language pathology, with my experience in ABA. And that bridge was what we call cognitive processes, especially one called theory of mind. And actually, Lynette, you (laughs) gave a perfect example when you were uh, talking about your introduction about theory of mind, when you said Mm -hmm. there was something beautiful that that someone saw, and they they were saying, ah, ooh, look how beautiful that is. But I think it was you who didn't see it. Right, right. But everybody else around you saw it and were making comments about it. So this cognitive process of theory of mind is the ability to understand your own and other people's thoughts, beliefs, perceptions, knowledge, intentions, desires, and emotions, and how these mental states influence communication and social interaction. So I knew that theory of mind, along with other cognitive processes, was the key to help me create this social language therapy system, I can have conversations with you. Okay, go on. So that's the the key for you. How does it work? So I realized that my students, they had major deficits with theory of mind. It's at the heart, theory of mind is at the heart of conversation and communication. And obviously, the one of the main deficits of people with autism uh, is is not to be able, they, they have difficulty to be able to put themselves in somebody else's shoes and take the other person's perspective. So all communication from that point uh, is affected. So I wanted to give people with autism everywhere a new way of thinking so that they could have the power to take charge of their own communication in any social situation. So um, my my method targets all facets of communication and conversation from before the person opens his or her mouth to speak to during the conversation, the words that they choose, to after the conversation, getting the gist of what just happened, tying it all together. So is it like a video that they're watching or is it, please, uh, let's get a picture of it. Sure. So it starts off with a video. Um, One of the evidence based techniques or practices shows that video modeling helps people with autism very much so understand. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Right. So it starts off with a short video and it sets up the communicative situation, like what's happening. The, f- the first um, conversation is a, a girl, young girl going to visit her grandfather and she's being dropped off. She goes to her grandfather's home, shows what she does there, and then she goes back to her father, and she wants to tell her father about the visit that she had at her grandfather's house. So it starts off, like I said, with a short video, and then um, there are still photos and questions that lead the person with autism to think about before what all of the requirements before he opens his mouth to speak, before we have a conversation, there are so many things we need to know uh, that kind of go um, 
you know, kind of go, fall between the cracks because nobody really thinks about what do we need to do before we talk. <laughs> who am I talking with? Who's looking at who? What's the relationship between these conversational partners? How do these conversational partners feel? Look at their body language, their emotion. Um, what do they want? What are their intentions? Um, why do they have these intentions? Yeah, that's very good. I, with my, uh, my one son, I have four, so just, just flow with me here. But <laughs> one of my sons who was on the spectrum, I did this thing with him where he had a lot of trouble when he would phone a girl. He still, you know, it took a long time, lots of different things, and he'll still mess up occasionally. But when he first started and he would want to phone a girl, I'd be standing there with an enormous poster board and a flow chart. And, you know, he'd say, hi, it's cash, and I'd be pointing at the, <laughs> at the spot in the flowchart where it says, hi, it's cash. And then depending on what she said next, where we went in the flowchart, right? So, right, exactly. Very often they'd come up with something that, that we didn't have on our flowchart, and we'd have to start all over. But, but it was a way of showing him in a physical representative representation without there was no technology like iPads then mm -hmm. and um it was a way to show him and and bring it out of his head and and something he could look at and go okay this leads to this or this or this so it sounds similar is it yes um it's interesting that you said you know back in the day when we didn't have technology um we had to rely on you know paper and flow charts and actually that's <laughs> how I started as well, because like I said, over 10 years ago, I started developing my own system and it started off on paper. I actually developed a, a workbook for my students where my, an artist friend of mine, he would sit there and draw rough sketches of, you know, communicative scenes that I experienced in my life. And I said, Ooh, this would be perfect to, you know, explain to my students with autism. So he would draw the sketch and we would cut and paste speech bubbles into the conversational partner's mouths um, to say, okay, what does he say? What does she say? What do they see? What, what do they know? Um, and I realized that my students were really learning from this and so proud of themselves. They were so excited to finally understand. Uh, and so from the workbook, I said, all right, Let's try because c computers and technology were becoming more and more readily available. So I went from that point to um, trying things on a CD-ROM, and I used PowerPoint for this, and where I had actual pictures that I could make into a digital flowchart, so to speak. And the kids could actually see the real people in these photographs and touch uh, PowerPoint, you can, you know, draw arrows and make your own speech bubbles, type in it and everything. So they got a more personalized uh, experience and they loved it even more and they got to understand the situation even more. And they were asking me questions about these people, about their lives, the people who were the actors in, in, on the PowerPoint. This led me to use tablets, which you had mentioned again in your introduction, Lynette, you had said that in the beginning, you know, iPads, they're either stimming on a game or they're distracted, distracted by the screen of their own reflection. But nowadays with very, you know, use, nowadays the iPads and tablets are very useful tools 
to deliver therapy methods like my own and children with autism as we know they they they're drawn to these tablets and technology mainly because it's an interactive experience they can you know tap on things and things move <laughs> uh they can watch videos they can hear they can type and it doesn't judge them it doesn't say you know it just you, you just repeat it till you get it right i think there's a big piece of that right and when we can actually within my app we actually reward uh for this is if this is the the correct utterance or or sentence that the conversational partner says they get rewarded so they can see okay this is correct and why this is correct and then they feel not only extrinsically rewarded by a reward image and a reward sound but also intrinsically rewarded wow i have the power to control my own communication and this device is a tool to to give me that power where paper you know paper and pencil really it's not immediate feedback they can't see touch feel hear you right, know as right. so well, well as I have to, were, I think good for you for making it something that you can disperse amongst the people because I'm really great at coming up with great ideas and making big difference one on one but when it comes to when it comes to creating something that I can then get on shows and tell everyone to go get other than writing a book I find it never really gets finished so I'm impressed that you not only learned uh, you know and refined and learned and refined and learned and refined but you then went to do all the steps necessary to be an inventor creator uh marketer and and actually make it available to people so that they can get their hands on it and help their kids. I have to do the meditation break so let me say my blah 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 for a second. You are listening to a new spin on autism answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host otherwise known as the Brain Brug. And today I am doing a show from Kansas, lovely little town called Greensburg, Kansas. I wanted to say the town because I know that one of my fans lives in Greensburg and just will feel good hearing it. So here we are again, Greensburg, Kansas, and it's looking pretty nice outside, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Okay, uh, don't forget to stay till the very end of the show where I will do stories from the road. And, and just before that, we're going to have the great guest giveaway. In fact, she should be dinging in any second now. So um, we are talking with Karen Kabaki Sisto, and she's talking about her speech language uh, communication iPad thingy, and you can find that at www.icanforautism.com. Very exciting, actually. I'm thrilled to hear that somebody's kind of put it all into one piece instead of, you know, you go on the iPad and you do this piece and then this piece. It sounds like something that pulls all the social stuff together. All right, I'm going to come back and talk to her for a couple more minutes, and that's it. Then she'll be out of time. So, Karen, a couple of questions popped to mind for me before I just sort of let you wind up your presentation to the folks. Um, One of them is, have you heard of the Gemini program? Yes. And what is the difference between what you're presenting and what they're presenting? Mm-hmm. So obviously there are, you know, different programs and different products for, for everyone, you know, including people with autism. Um, I can have conversations with you. It ties in all aspects of 
conversation and communication, as you mentioned before, as we were talking about before. Before the child opens his mouth to speak, all of these prerequisites, like how is the person feeling, who am I talking to, what are their, the conversational partner's needs, to the words spoken during the conversation, which have to match the social situation and giving the person different ways to say the same concept. Uh, like, for example, one of my students, she would always wait for someone to ask her, what did you do at school today? What's new today? Like, she would always wait for someone to initiate the conversation with her. After using my method, now she goes up to her father, Dad, guess what I did at school today? Do you know what I did at school today? I did something cool at school today. So it gives people with autism different ways to say the same thing so they could be more flexible with language, have more interesting interactions with people. And after the conversation, it sums up all the parts of the conversation so that the person gets the overall gist and extends beyond the conversation. Like we discuss any figures of speech, nicknames, logic, vocabulary that was used within the conversation so that they get a well-rounded experience. Wow, that's really actually really, really cool. It really reminds me of thing I had to do one step at a time with the kids. Um, to be clear, when I was looking at the water and they were saying, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, if someone would have just told me what was going on, like right. people would just have to slow down and explain. If they just said, the reason we said that is, and here's where they actually are and why you can't, you know, then I'd have been able to make my way through it. I was very, very, very high functioning and, and barely diagnosable. So, um, you know, it's really, it's really about having a, a, a method to say, slow this all down and break it into pieces for me. It sounds like that's exactly what this does. I think it sounds awesome. I hope people grab it. Um, so let's tell one quick story of somebody who was benefited and go ahead and tell them how to get it and sort of reiterate, you know, the website and all that stuff. Sure. So one of my clients, um, she is about 11 years old. She used to... <laughs> greet me at the door by swinging the door wide open, grabbing my iPad, not saying hello to me, running away from me, and leaving the door open and leaving me to enter her house on my own. After using my method and using I Can Have Conversations With You, she now understands these unwritten social rules of society. Hospitality, for example. Why is this not socially acceptable? Uh, what is the conversation behind this? We Now she opens the door, says hello to me. If it's a hot day, she'll offer me water. She'll ask me before grabbing my iPad, what are we going to do today? And I we chat about her day, and she follows me into her house, closing the door behind me. So um, this really are the underpinnings. So these unwritten social rules are the underpinnings of all communication. Why do we communicate? What is the purpose? Um, so that is really her mother no, and I were shocked. <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know what, in my experience, because I also go into people's homes, really that's what parents are looking for. And, and, and as a parent, it's what I wanted. It's not so much about, you know, we started talking about my son with his clarity. It's not been important to me to fixate on that. We work on, is he being my friend? Is he, you know, is he participating in the family and all of that? And for me, when that comes, the rest is gravy. Um, so what you're offering is the real 
the missing piece for a lot of families, and I really appreciate it. In fact, I'm going to pass your website to a bunch of my clients, and hopefully they'll grab your grab your app. It's your minute to say anything you want to say, and then also give them, again, your website and, and how to contact you. Yes, definitely. I want to thank everyone for listening. And since communication deficits are one of the biggest issues of autism, the best advice is that education and advocacy are ongoing and are the best tools we have to help people with autism. So to on my website, ICAN4FORAUTISM.com, I have not only video tours of my app, I can have conversations with you, and it further explains the app and what it does, but I have my own helpful articles and tips to improve communication. And uh, my Facebook page is dedicated to giving parents helpful tips and information, along with furthering the public's understanding of autism and what we all can do as a society to help. I love to hear from professionals and parents who are dedicated to improving social communication abilities of people with autism. So I'd love to hear from, from anyone and share knowledge. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here, Karen. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much again, Lynette, for giving me this opportunity to speak on your show. Okay, that was Karen. She never corrected me, so I must be getting it right. That's a, that's already improvement on my part. I must be healing. Karen Kabaki Sisto and her I Can for Autism app, and it sounds really awesome, actually. I think if your child is in that place, you might want to check this out. I know I'm actually going to pass it to some families that I work with, and I'm going to uh, check it out myself for one of my kids. Uh, might be perfect timing for him to sort of look at it, even though he does find out in the world. I think it might be a way of helping him make uh, better quality friends by analyzing what goes on. We'll, I'll have a look at it. We'll see. Okay, so everybody have a look. If anyone has any advice they want to give me after having purchased it, tried it, looked at it, wants to give me some feedback, please send that to mom, number four, evermore at juno.com. Now you can go to Lynette at lynettelouise.com as well and send me an email from there. But I love saying mom forevermore. So, <laughs> so that's kind of turned into what I always say. All right, so we are ready for okay, 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 the great guest giveaway. Here's what's great about today's great guest. She's my daughter, and she wrote a book, and she wanted to write a book for a long time. When my daughter was a little girl, she was um, immediately recognized as a great writer by all her teachers and stuff. And we all were most impressed with her abilities in that regard and her sort of her her imaginary mind that could make its way to paper. However, she's also anti-responsibility. <laughs> this is the problem with being on your mom's show. She tells everything. So um, she didn't, you know, want to do the thing that she would then have to deal with having the responsibility of having accomplished it. Now, in all fairness to my daughter, this is true of all writers. We've all gone through it where you want to create it, but you're not sure you want any look at it. You don't want to deal with what they'll think about it. Um, and so it's a long process from 
being a, a person who has a natural talent, to bring that natural talent out into the world and then saying, here, it, you know, go ahead, do, do with it what you will. So I'm really pleased that she's finally got a book out and she'll have another one before you know it. Because one thing I know is once you've untapped the, the worry, um, the rest flows. Now, the good news about this book is it's my backstory in a way. She's telling... She's telling on me a little bit. Um, she's mostly telling. <laughs> if you're curious about me at all and want to know if any of that's true about me and my past, you might want to read her book. So it's called Interesting Title, actually, given the title of this show. So um, our show is a new spin on Autism Answers. And this is Tassara, my daughter, Tassara Shelton. Tassara, what's the name of your book? Hi. Uh, it's spinning in circles and learning from myself, a collection of stories that slowly grow up. So, and I stole, I kind of stole the title from one of your songs. Right, and I stole the title for this show from that song, and we play that song, you know, spinning in circles and talking to myself. And what I love about it is, you know, parents so often, they're like, I don't know if I'm getting through to this child. I don't know if they care what I say. And then, you know, things show up later that tell you they're listening all the time. And you, I don't have that problem with you. You and I are, you know, best friends and we work together. We're pretty, we're pretty tight. um, (laughs) Yeah. But, um, but still, when you do stuff like that as a parent, you go, oh, look, they're listening. (laughs) I dig it. I dig it. So talk to us about your book, hon. Um, well, first of all, thank you, mom, for inviting me. That's pretty exciting to be on your show. I listen to you all the time. (laughs) So it's neat to actually be on the show. (laughs) I don't know if I'll listen to me, but thank you. (laughs) Nice to be on the show again. Only this time we have a cool, a cool product to share. So very oh, it's really neat. Yeah, no, being on the Great Guest Giveaway is kind of like a dream because it means I have something to give away. So thank you once again for helping me make my dreams come true. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I mean, about my book, really, like mom, like you said, I've always, I've always wanted to have a book out. I've always been a writer and loved writing. Um, and the fear of responsibility thing, <laughs> the reason it took me a while to actually get it going, it's, it is fear of responsibility, but it's also that fear of failure mostly because, like you said, people were always saying, oh, she's such a good writer. Oh, you're so good. And then I love that. And then people started saying things like, oh, you're so good. You know, if you do this, it'll be even better. And that made me afraid because if you do this means they're not just praising me. They're telling me what I could do and giving me feedback and not saying, oh, you're amazing. And now there's work to be done to continue to grow and get better. And I was afraid of that responsibility. So that was the responsibility I was mostly afraid of, was people saying, go ahead. I don't know if you know it or not, but you just pointed out one of the biggest struggles in the, in the therapy that I teach in the home, which is, you know how I say, for compliments to every correction. So when you got those compliments, it brought with it some pressure. Yep. And so a lot of people, they, they write articles or do studies on how compliments cause pressure and then people shrink away. And so then their decision about that is to not compliment. They oh, say, oh, no, no. no. Because? Well, I mean, all of those compliments, they, they, they still existed in me. They didn't make me think I wasn't a good writer. I heard myself think, oh, I'm a good writer, but there's more work to be done. I heard the compliment. I 
it was my own fear of failure in my own way. They were there, there, those were gifts that I held on to, and I held on to them for years and years and years. So that when I did begin to write, I knew already I'm a good writer. I just need to cultivate this. I, those compliments, they, they were, very, they were very genuine. They were authentic, and I knew that. I mean, maybe there's something to be said about genuine and authentic. <laughs> compliments, but they 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 were seeds planted that I I took a long time to nurture, but I they were there. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you for that because it's actually a really big issue that happens out in the world where they hear one aspect of something and they lose sight of, of the wholeness of it. So I agree, the compliments are what give you the strength when you finally get ready to deal with your you know whatever your fear is. Right, um, you're all gonna have different things. And it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to have things, hurdles you get over as you grow up and, and anyway. So having those compliments in my back pocket, that, I mean, that was just a gift. <laughs> right, and it tells you what you do right, correct? Yeah, a good point. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It, it, you're right. It's, it, they tell you what you're doing re- well, and you do remember that and hold on to that. That's true. Even if you're afraid of going forward from there for a while, those compliments – yeah, they, they, they told you you were going in a good direction. And for me, specific to the writing compliments, they told me that I know myself. So I always knew I wanted to be a writer. And when you and teachers and, and, and other family members said I was a good writer, it also told me I know me. So even though I became afraid for a while, um, but I didn't, I, I didn't not write. Like when I go through my stuff, I kept writing most of my life. I just didn't try to turn it into anything. It was a journal or it was, I don't know, I just right. always wrote. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Writers um, write, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, anyway, so I didn't, I didn't set out to write a tell-all book in this one. That wasn't the plan. I wasn't like, oh, I know. <laughs> I'll tell everybody all about my mom, the behind the scenes. <laughs> but the reason it's so much like that is not, I mean, the book is a collection of articles and blog posts and short stories that I've written over the years. And not only is uh, my mom a big, huge part of my maturing, this collection of stories that slowly grow up, I grew up largely with the help of you, of my mom, but also I began writing in earnest and writing for the public because of you, because of my mom asking for my help, asking if I would help, you know, maybe do a little bit PR work, help get the word out there while she was working her butt off, traveling all over the world, helping families with the neurofeedback and the play therapy. Um, Could I sort of get the word out about what she was doing. Oh, she's going to do her one-woman show. Somebody has to tell people or they won't know. So that became sort of my job, which meant I was writing. I was writing about you and your stuff, um, and that tapped into me writing about myself. I was surprised, actually. I didn't ever, ever expect to write about myself so much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was sneaky of me, I must say, but um, good parenting on my point. No, <laughs> no it's true. And, and always, I mean, I know as I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, man, mom's doing it again. She's helping me grow. One of these days, I'm going to help myself grow. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you do a 
just fine. But it is funny how you're always, always, always a parent. Um, I want to get into, you know, a compliment to you. Oh, look, compliments. Boy, I, I, corrections around the corner. No, it's not. <laughs> um, it, it's just not to you alone. It's to you and our earlier guest, Karen. It's funny how there's the things that a person never gets to. So I have done everything that Karen has done except not make it an app, an app for iPad that can be sold. And it's really going the distance into bringing something out into the world that makes it accessible to everyone else. And it's the piece I've resisted is kind of the piece um, we're talking about that you resisted for a while. And then uh, you t- did something that I wanted to do as well, which is take every day I post on Facebook or I post, you know, and, and those things, they just disappear to me after. I've done it, I move on, I've done it, I move on. And they're often gold and and could really help someone if they would stay alive in a, in a collection somewhere. And I thought about it, but I just never did it, and I still haven't done it. And yet that's sort of what your book is, right? Absolutely. Only I did it for more selfish reasons. Um, I wasn't thinking of the world. I wasn't thinking, oh, wow, this point I made is insightful. I never I, I never realized that my experiences and my stories might help someone. Let me collect these. Maybe one day I can put them out there to help others. There was no part of me thinking that. I would write a post, and I would reread it later, and I would be very proud of myself. And I didn't want to lose it, so I would copy and paste it and put it in a document. I was like, I, and as I went on over time, I saw, I would look at the old posts and I'd be like, oh, I was so proud of this one, but now I see that it's not quite as insightful or quite as um, well written. I didn't, I didn't have the magic of words as, that I have now, so then I'd become proud of myself again and I would collect the new stories and put them in a document. And then I started going, wow, I'm really proud of myself. I really like how I said that. And everything I wrote was really a big deal to me. And sure, I wanted people to to think, oh, wow, I'm so glad she said that. I had never thought of it that way. Thank goodness she dove, dove deep into those places that, you know, have all these answers. I'm glad she's sharing them. That I kind of thought that would be nice, but mostly, Mom, I was just really proud of myself. And so I would keep it. <laughs> and Or I would p- try to submit it to a publication that was bigger than my own blog, bigger than my own Facebook page, to see if other people would be proud of me and think, that's good writing. That's a good point. <laughs> um, and then eventually I had so much, and I thought, you know, wow, I will be really proud of me if I have a book. (laughs) So it was much more selfish. I'll admit, I love hearing when people say, oh, my goodness, it really helped me. Your stories perk me up. Your stories, they they make the days feel like, oh, this is, you know, everything has an answer. Everything, there's joy in everything. I love hearing that stuff. But really, I just like the, I'm kind of addicted to that. I'm very proud of myself feeling, and I want I want to I want to keep it up so that I can ask the boys to do the same thing, my sons to do the same thing. That's it's really that selfish. <laughs> I, yeah, but isn't that cool? So now they know that it's going to be well written and it's going to slowly grow up, just like the title. Um, that's very cool. Do you want to give one away? I would love to. I would love to give a cop. I I can give away a paperback copy of my book. Um, awesome. I don't know how to give away an ebook. 
Well, that's uh, fine. They'd rather have a paperback copy because this book is perfect for curling up in the corner and reading. And it's also, it's very revealing. You're raw in it and yet sophisticated. You take people on the journey of, it's not just your writing that grows up. Um, the reader grows up while they read it. It's really a lovely book. And what I also like is you can open any page and read that story alone, and it stands on its own. But in its order that you placed it, it really does take you through sort of a a life um, and a very unique and interesting one at that. And that I have to thank you for as well. I There's not some of that. Some of that's not me. No, okay, okay, fair enough, sorry. No, you know, let's be honest. Some of the stuff, the, the not-so-good stuff, is never, it, that is never um, unique. That's not unique. The stuff that happened, like, if you read my book and read my stories, you'll see that, you know, I've had, you know, we've had bad things happen to us in our lives. That's not as, un, that's not so unique. The unique stuff, the stuff that I think is why we have, um, uh, answers and insights that are so worth sharing, those are because of you. Those are because you are so, you're so strong, but you're also so willing to not care so much about fitting in specifically to society, but fitting into who we are genuinely ourselves and seeing how that how that is valuable in the world. And there's something very drastically different about that. that I makes... did not write this for her to say. She's not reading a script that I did. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, no. But, but I'm, just, I'm being honest. I mean, so when you, if you read my book, you will get stories that are very familiar. I'm, it, the, the stuff that we grew up dealing with that was hard is familiar, unfortunately. The unique insights are because are, I'm really grateful are because of you. So oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank and, you. yeah, You're I'd welcome. be happy to share my book. <laughs> okay. So if you want a copy of Tassara Shelton's book, um, I was going to call it a new spin on autism. Yeah, we could. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Sitting in circles and learning from myself, a collection of stories that slowly grows up. You uh, go ahead and email me, mom, number four, evermore, at Juno, J-U-N-O, dot com, and put daughter's book in the subject line. The first person to do that gets a copy, and she will sign it, I promise you. Um, okay, I really don't have any more time, uh, but I have access to you, so I can continue this conversation with you later. I love thank you. Thank you, you so for much. being here. All right. Okay. I love you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, so that was my daughter, Tessara Shelton. And before that, we had Karen Kabaki-Sisto. And now we have stories from the road. And it has to be real quick because we're almost out of time. Okay, I think that this one really fits. So when my kids were young, I used to play this game. We, I noticed that they, much like what we were talking about with Karen and similar to what we were talking about with Tara, I noticed that the kids just didn't, they didn't make the connections, you know, that everybody else had a full life or, and they were just trying to take a minute to pay attention to you in whatever way they could. And the fullness of other people's lives is part of what's difficult to understand from many disorders. If you have narcissism, personality disorder, or if you have some autism, maybe you have Asperger's, it's just, it's a challenge for folks. So lots of people deal with this challenge. My kids were not an exception. They dealt with it in spades. So 
Um, and I did as well, and that's how I knew it was a challenge because I would learn these things and go, oh, I don't think my kids know it. So I was only a few steps ahead of them, but I was fortunately ahead of them. So we're, we're in the car and we played a game of what do you think that person's story is. And something about it being in the car where we were pointing out folks that were isolated, so you can't you can't do that in the grocery store and point at somebody that's rude. And, and they also don't travel with you like a car will in the sense that when you're on the highway, that car might be near you for quite some time, and she can create a whole story about what's going on in that car. And what was beautiful about that was it helped them so much when we – when we later got more sophisticated and quicker with this concept, but it really helped them because when someone would yell or honk or cut you off, they just did the automatic reaction that they'd seen done and didn't really think about it. But as a result of this game, they started to think first about the person in the car, maybe their life, maybe their moment at the time, Um, you know, silly things like there's a beat, flying around by their feet from that to they had a fight with someone or they're really happy because they won the lottery to whatever. Interestingly, uh, even some of that made its way into the style of my daughter's first screenplay, the one we were just hearing from. She does a lot of that kind of thinking in it. And it's very interesting to me how important that is. So I would suggest getting Karen's app or at least looking at it. I haven't fully you know, expose myself to it. So um, please do that first. But I would I would suggest it. It's a very mis- very needed piece in the world of autism. And you can also play the card game. And you can play that in lots of places now that I told you about it. It worked great. And I have one cute little story. So we're in the car and we're doing all of that. And we're, you know, my son Cash is, has just shaved his head because he's decided he would look good with his head shaved. And we think he looks a bit like an alien. So we're all going, oh, dear, all right. <laughs> and a man pulls over. Just It was just the timing was so perfect. A man pulls over and unrolls his window and gives Cash a thumbs up and points at his own head. And it was like saying, you and me, buddy, we're the same. And when you're a kid trying to learn to understand the rest of the world and trying to make friends, just to, just to have this stranger do that at the time when you're making up a story about him, it, it, was, it couldn't have been more perfect. So remember, what you do, so shall you reap. Care about other people, they will care about you. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher, host, otherwise known as The Brain Broad, and you have been listening to a new spin on autism answers. Thank you for being here because without you, I would just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, a real life guide to autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear you.